When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to another episode of the Creators Outlet. Please subscribe, comment, and share, and tell a friend. Don't forget, this is available in podcast format. You can listen to the show after the taping, live, anywhere you can get a podcast. So, maybe we welcome our special guest, Kaimera. Hello. Hello, sir. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Hey, welcome. So, uh, before we get into uh, Testament 2 and everything in that chock full campaign uh why don't you give us a little secret origin of you and how you uh landed in uh in comics where you are now uh sure uh i grew up in the midwest and um there wasn't really much to do uh where i lived so went to my lcs which at the time was called comic cavern and uh i tried reading superhero books and they didn't really appeal to me but then when I discovered stuff like Spawn and The Darkness, uh, that very much appealed to me. And so that was kind of the stuff I read and was into. Um, I originally wanted to be an animator when I was a kid, but after a few years of realizing I couldn't draw, I just stuck to writing. And so uh been wanting to do that ever since. And so when this whole crowdfunding thing happened, it was a perfect opportunity. I uh, tried to get my comic into shops uh, to no avail. And so I started crowdfunding in 2019 uh, with my first campaign and then uh, been doing it ever since. Cool. And uh, how how and why uh, did you land in the uh, in the CG crowd? Uh, I think it was just Twitter. Uh, 
I'd stumbled upon uh, Richard Meyer's videos back like mid 2017. Mm-hmm. And I found them entertaining while I go to work. And so I'd listen to the live streams by Ethan and the others uh, later on. And so I guess just pure happenstance. Um, I had been researching comics, you know, for a few years. I've been wanting to do that. And so I just, I noticed uh, the downturn of mainstream comics. And so I just Googled it and I stumbled upon Zach's videos. Cool. Now let me ask you, since you've been writing all these books, did you have any other like prior educational courses into writing or did you just hop in? Uh, No, I majored in computer science. Um, (laughs) I have been writing since I was 12 and uh, I never took classes or anything. I just, I just did it. Uh, That's why I was actually kind of a little frightened when I first did my first campaign because I never gotten any feedback or anything, but luckily it all worked out. People seemed to like uh, my first book. And so I hired, made sure I had an editor to look over my shit. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and, an editor and a letterer profession, yeah. professionally are the, are the two best calls. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. But like Billy Crystal said in Throw Mama from the Train years ago, well, a writer writes. You're a writer, <laughs> so you write. That's right. <clears throat> now we're on uh, Testament Volume 2. Sure. And you've wrapped up your... Did this just... This didn't just launch. You're on your second 30, right? Yeah, I'm on my second month. Yep. All right. Uh, 6,737 USD, 109 backers, 112% of goal, but there's still lots of cool stuff to unlock. And we want to bring this project in front of as many people as we can. An orphaned sellsword descended from ancient God seeks allies to defeat a chaotic evil sounds good to me <laughs> so uh first off let's take a let's take a look at the uh at the trailer sure thing. trailer looked good there was just one thing missing from me which would would have been a voiceover of the lines that came up because a lot of people listen to these shows without actually watching them right right so they heard some really cool music but they 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 don't know what's going on so (laughs) for more come to youtube or better yet, go to the actual campaign and back it today. That's right. So why don't you give us a, a synopsis of uh, 
the first issue. Uh, sure. So Testament One uh, takes place on kind of a uh, different world. It's a science fantasy series focuses on Carl von Magnuson. Um, he's basically a drifter and a mercenary in book one. And uh, not to spoil anything huge, but he goes on a quest of revenge against the king for wiping out his uh, clan. And along the way, he learns he descends from um, royalty. So he essentially is part god. Um, and he teams up with a rebel group. And after some back and forth, he lends his services to them. He doesn't want to work for free. So they pay him in order to uh, help with their little rebellion. And yeah, kind of ends on the cliffhanger in book one, then book two. Uh, basically uh, starts where they left off. Carl learns about his lineage. Uh, they encounter, they go to the, basically the east of this world, which is basically China. Then they go to what is essentially the Middle East. And Carl unlocks more powers. Uh, you get the reader gets to see more of the world. Like book one takes place mostly in like a modern city, but in book two you see deserts, uh, the Middle East. They encounter sand dragons. You can actually see it in the trailer and on the page. And uh, yeah, lots of cool stuff I add in this book. Um, so yeah, the main story is about fifty-six pages, and there's a uh, bonus story that's about twelve. Um, that's basically a prequel. Uh, fills in a lot of blanks. And uh, you have the uh, featured tier. Yep. 11% off, $75. Tell us about the featured tier. Uh, I guess you have volume one, which is about 64 pages. Uh, mm -hmm. Both covers of volume two, which are 68 pages. And then a little lore book. Uh, thinking of probably about 16 pages uh, goes into the background of the world and the history um, so I don't have to shove a bunch of exposition and lines into the main story you get to read this little side material kind of like a, a world build look at what's going on in testament yeah basically um, I looked at d d manuals and other stuff for reference kind of see how they did it um, there was uh, also these magazines called Cry Havoc back in the day. Mm -hmm. So those, that's kind of the feel I was going for. Cool. And we have the Clayton Barton cover. Yep, uh, that's the variant. I'd like to do uh, Joe Ball for all the main covers for the series and then get some like killer artists for variants. Uh, last time it was Rob Willis. This time it's Clayton. Uh, I'll try to find someone else for book three. And uh, how many books do you uh, see this arc going? Uh, this specific arc is just three books. Okay. I w I'd like to do uh, one shots here and there of other characters in other time periods, which is a great thing about Carl having a bunch of ancestors. So you can do barbarian times or medieval. Yeah. Uh, big into dark fantasy and Conan. So that'll be fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. I like that stuff. Yeah. And you've got a Testament Volume 1 reprint cover. Yeah, I just added that so that people don't have to buy both books um, to catch up. They can just buy Volume 1. And if they like it, they can buy Volume 2 at a later date. And the amazing Joe Ball cover. Yep. 
that's basically the main cover. Um, yeah, I really like his covers. They're essentially movie posters. Just yeah, shows, yeah, shows you all the hero, the side characters, and then the villain architecture in the background. His work is phenomenal. So, yeah, we we actually uh, talk all the time about you know science fiction and fantasy and like biblical themes because he's doing death, 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 and so it's yeah. a bit of an overlap, and we had the same influences, which is always fun. Yeah, I I remember asking him, uh, you think you might ever switch over to uh, digital? He's like, look at all the detail in my page and imagine if I could zoom in the crazy <laughs> shit that I would put in there. <laughs> like, and it would take me like a year to do a cover. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I can see that. And there's uh, some interior art. Um, like I said, I wanted to showcase more of the world. Um, mm -hmm. So the fantasy aspect of the series is uh, shown in book two and will be in book three. So they're essentially fighting a sand dragon. It's all mutated by plasma crystals, which are used for an energy source, but they can cause mutations. That is one badass dragon, dude. Yeah. Uh, I like to use, uh, I use a worm from Norse mythology, a worm with a Y uh, as mm -hmm. reference. That was fun. That's pretty rad. And you can also get the, uh, another tier is the Joe Ball cover in the lore book for $40. Yep. And lore book is basically just side material. Um, yeah. There will be illustrations. It's not just all text. There will be illustrations and such. And same thing with Clayton Barton plus lore book. And here you can see the Donald DeLay cover. Uh, he actually did this for me a few years ago, but I had three covers at the time, and I didn't want to do three on my first campaign. Uh, so I saved this for a later time. I just like everything about this cover, too. <laughs> it, you know, you get the, you get the join the fight poster, like shredded up a little bit on a busted up brick wall. The smoke coming up, him and his wolf, shotgun. It gives me like a little bit of Ash and the Evil Dead feel, <laughs> and uh, the gigantic sword. <laughs> from the looks of it and uh <coughs> that gives me almost like a final fantasy yes I, yeah i grew up playing final fantasy so that probably was subconscious um but i i designed him a little bit like kanida from akira just without red it's blue oh yeah yeah and like he has a little icon on the back of his jacket oh cool And uh, both covers for 45 so there's a bit of a $5 discount if you buy them together. So instead of 50 it'd be 45 And there's more interior art. Uh, there's the same artist on books one and two, and colors are by Farah on the first half of the book. Um, here the characters are using modern weapons against basically samurai. Uh, the region they're from is very modern, 
21st century, 20th century. And so the rest of the world is not as advanced because they don't have access to the technology. So they easily defeat the bad guys in the first half of the book. Yeah, if I was facing Samurai, I'd want those guns too. <laughs> and in some distance. <laughs> and actually, and a side note, in the backup story, uh, it'll be 12 pages, black and white. It'll actually, you'll actually see what the their city was like before they had all this advanced technology. So you'll see they were essentially from the 1800s. Like they advanced very quickly. So yeah, it's kind of like, you know, the enterprise mistakenly leaving a communicator behind and everybody like gets into the tech. <laughs> next thing you know. Right, right. And there's the last painted sketch card by Preston Acevedo. Uh, we sold out the other two. Um, usually when something sells out, I just hide the tier so it doesn't clutter the page. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. Another chance for another Preston sketch card. Yeah, I find uh, it was uh, the wolf and uh, one of the female characters. So I find that the female characters in the Badass Wolf sell more than the main character. So I'll probably have Preston do another female sketch card. Like I, I posted one the other day and that went by like pretty quickly. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. And there's Sim sketch card. Uh, that's the last one. Actually, that's of a female, funny enough. And so that should probably sell. Probably. <laughs> And let's see what else. Uh, oh, yeah. And then uh, this is the second half. This is like essentially chapter, the second half of the book. So these colors are by Marcos Martin. Uh, nice. And there's Carl getting a uh, new sword. Uh, his last sword was melted. So he helps himself to this sword that has mystical properties. Lucky for him. <laughs> and they run into some pirates um, who, you know, loot other ships. So they're you know, have some advanced weapons. And don't forget, we have Joe Ball sketch cards and books. There's one more left in that tier that you can get. Right. And uh, I have another series I did. I've done multiple campaigns. And so SOS, uh, I have leftovers from my last campaign available. That's essentially like a dark comedy action series, black and white. It's Pretty much the opposite of the campaign we're showing now funny enough um but yeah so if you order those i can ship those right away all three volumes for 50 dollars. yeah deal. that's about uh let's see 80 plus 50s 130 so yeah it's about 180 pages of content oh yeah 50 bucks yeah And here's the lore book. Um, the cover is uh, Carl's ancestor, Stefan, who's essentially like a barbarian Norse god. And yeah, you'll learn a bit about him and then all his descendants leading up to Carl. Oh, um, cool. I, as I was mapping out the world and fleshing everything out, I just realized I had too much material, all these battles and other kings and such. And like, it just seems like a waste not to use it for something. And so, uh, yeah, 
it's basically just the side material you can get. Uh, delves into history, and I'm probably going to add some more material uh, since we're almost we're pretty much done with it. So I'm going to add some more pages. Oh, and uh, finally, there's a Buttigieg sketch card. He does very. Uh, I think he uses Copic markers, and that's actually the last one. The other four sold. Yeah, I like this one. Yeah, that would be uh, Carl's grandfather. Um, he's a gunslinger. Very cool. And you can get Testament Volume 1 plus both covers of Volume 2 for $65. Yep. And there's some interiors of the lore book if you scroll down just a little bit. Um, so the not every page will be a splash page, but there's like an example. So you see the parchment, old timey kind of feel on the right hand side. And then on the left hand side, you see a great illustration by Jason Crager. Nice. And I'll have multiple artists doing multiple things in the book. Um, yeah, I like the, the, the parchment look. It makes you feel like you discovered some secrets or something. Right, right. We have some original art by uh, by Preston, an original page by Preston here. Yeah, that's uh, part of volume one. Uh, he did a 12-page backup, which was a painted story. Uh, that was actually his first time doing painted sequentials. And he was like, okay, I've never done this before. And so it turned out great. And uh, we have all the pages remaining. And I, I just realized it like a few days ago, so I put them up there. So you have a piece of original art by Preston, pencils. Yep. And uh, then the painted piece after which looks phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's if you buy volume one, and uh, that'll be in the back of the book. Then, as for stretch goals, uh, at 7K, my friend Ebay Canales is doing a trading card. At 8K, there's a print by Joe Ball. 9K, there's stickers. And 12K, there's a trading card. I have an idea for a 10K stretch goal, but I'm not sure of it yet, so I don't want to announce anything. But it'd be uh, it'd be like an ash can, so you get more story for free. Uh, stretch goals are essentially just free for all, all physical backers. Very nice. I mean, the book looks great. Thank you. You got a you got a good history of yeah. of producing and uh, and fulfilling. Yeah, that does help. <laughs> the fulfillment thing helps immensely. Yeah. Uh, this year was tough on people with the. We have a paper shortage. It's like, what do you mean? We have plenty of trees. Why do we have a paper <laughs> shortage? Yeah, that was uh, in the beginning of the year, but uh, it quickly died down, thankfully. Yeah. And I was yelling at Neff to buy a chainsaw. I want my books. <laughs> but him and Freak Girl came on, and uh, we got to the bottom of it with them, and they gave everybody some updates. It was really cool. But I like this. You have fantastic covers. Obviously, Joe Ball. And 
in Clayton and the interior artwork is very cool. Yeah, I, I try to like have the covers and interiors kind of flow. At least like, they don't have to match specifically, but they have to be on the same level of quality. Yeah, it's just, you know, really cool. Like the first book was 56 pages. This book is 68 pages. Actually, the first book was 60. Uh, thankfully. Oh, was it? Yeah, we added a stretch goal for more pages. Oh. Yeah. See, I wasn't reading the whole thing. Oh, no, that's fine. It's not on this campaign. No, it's on the other one. But yeah, uh, you can buy volume one separately. Should have thought of that earlier. Like, people don't want to pay 50 bucks for both when they can buy them separately. But uh, yeah, I should be getting a proof copy from that from my new printer. Uh, I want to test out the proofs uh, this weekend, at least for volume one. Volume two is like a little ways from being done. But yeah, we're still in time for November, if not earlier. What's better than getting a new comic around the holidays so you don't have to talk to relatives? Right. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, I'm going to go in my room read a book. Oh, what book are you reading? You wouldn't know it. <laughs> <coughs> Grandpa, do you, do you back crowdfunded comic books? A what? Like I said. <laughs> That's an imaginary conversation for me because my grandfathers are both dead. But, you know, Same but, here. But yeah. You know, but. Uh, speaking of which, there's uh, Carl with his grandfather. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, um, <coughs> the dia book one is good, but book two really shines. I improved on the dialogue. Like I said, my editor helped me out immensely. Um, I tried to flesh out, like, I finally figured out how the main character talks, like his voice and everything. I wrote short stories to kind of help, like, as writing exercises, and that helped me kind of flesh him out even more. Yeah just to experiment with different things to, you know, get it in there. Right, right. Which is, you know, always fun, but still. <clears throat> so was SOS the first series you did? Uh, yes, uh, on Indiegogo. Um, that was like a dark comedy action series. Uh, me and Ebi Canales did that. Canales uh, did Iron Sights mm -hmm. for Zach. And yeah, it worked out well. And he still does work for me here and there. Uh, but this is going to be your, your fifth crowdfunded comic. Yep. And. Um, yeah, I, like I just like saw the numbers for Testament One last year. I'm like, oh, this is like way more popular from SOS. And I have multiple of those books. I'm like, okay, I'll just stick with this series and wrap up SOS. Um, and it's working out so far now, even in this economy and with gas. Yeah, well, you know, when you get when you get your comic delivered, you don't have to worry about spending any money on gas. <laughs> so you know, it works out well. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, what are your uh, backers' numbers like? 
you know, percentage difference between volume one and currently on volume two? Uh, pretty much the same. We haven't wrapped up the second month, so I'm not totally sure. Um, but Testament one did 124 backers in its funding period. It made 7,300, I think. Um, so yeah, we're pretty much on course to like do that or more. So that's nice. Um, I did, I did notice that, uh, only half of like my SOS backers came on board for the new IP, which was kind of surprising. So I actually found like the other half were just new people, which kind of surprised me. Well, that's good when you can draw when you can draw new people in yeah. and, uh, you know, keep the numbers flowing. I mean, you when once you're funded, the, the big whoosh, is is done with and you're like, OK, now let's build build on this and get it up even higher. Right, right. Um, but uh, yeah doing pretty well um I, I do get a lot of like i always check you can check metrics on your campaign i check visits and like i get a ton of visits but i'm pretty sure it's just like the economy dragging its feet um so yeah but all things considered doing pretty well and we met our goal so i'll be able to finish the book i put in money for the book and then i needed six thousand to wrap things up so yeah, we're all good, and I can pretty much get this book finished and out the door, hopefully in November. So this and out in November, and <coughs> are you uh, are you keeping it in demand? Oh yeah, no, I'll I'll keep it open for like a year from now. Uh, I I probably won't be in any hurry for book three. Uh, still have to edit that and I'm a bit of a slow writer so that'll be a while so it'll be a while in between so you have plenty of time to uh, to keep this in demand and see where it goes yeah once things once some, I mean if you keep something in demand long enough eventually it'll sell whether it fulfills or not I think people just are waiting or they just haven't discovered it yet like I've noticed with certain campaigns if it fulfills, people back it. And then if it's in demand long enough, people will discover it eventually. Yeah. So I, I've noticed that uh, with other creators I've talked to that, um, especially creators that do uh, like retailer cares. Yeah. Um, they'll get contacted by lots of retailers that'll tell them, as soon as you've got it printed and you've got copies in hand, I'll take X amount to start with. Huh, interesting. But they they don't wanna they don't wanna order something that may or may not come to fruition. Right. They wanna wait till some of the creators have their, you know, have their copies in hand and you know then run me a discount number and, you know, a shipping number and, you know, go from there. It's, hmm. <laughs> it's a, we don't want something that might be, we want something that is. Right. You know, especially if it's a, there's some campaigns that, you know, 
are like, you know, 15, 20 grand, you know, fixed goal or something. Hmm. Like, mm, call me if this happens, <laughs> you know, and uh, that's pretty much it. It usually, it, it works out for a, for a few people I know, and they still, they still have, you know, retailers that come in and, and buy on the campaign. Uh, I know Sam Quinton says that you should, he gets like a 50 50 split. Oh, interesting. But he's also got a, he's also got like a, a private distribution deal hmm. where all of his books end up in pot shops. Because <laughs> they're, uh, his, his main title, 47 Furious Tales, because it's violent and there's lots of blood. They seem to be popular with the with the potheads. I agree. <laughs> so, how long has uh, has this story been kicking around in your head? Uh, since twenty seventeen, so I'd say about five years. Um, it was actually some of the notes I had for the series started with SOS. Uh, the characters were in the post-apocalypse and they were finally met their match when Norse aliens arrived and started, you know, fighting them. And I thought that was an interesting idea. So I saved that for something else and that eventually became a testament. Um, I had ideas here and there over the years and I just compiled them all. It kind of all fell into place. And so it took me about a year or two to really flesh out this story. So I'd say 2019, I started writing the actual script. Um, spent a little too much time world building when I should have stuck to character growth. Um, but it, it all worked out. And apparently it did, because we're here on book two, completely funded. Just getting some more stuff. Yep. Uh, like I said, I'm bit of a slow writer. So yeah, five years is pretty standard with me. I, I won't ask why he's not holding it in his other hand. <laughs> yeah, I uh, used influence from uh, Tyr and Thor. Uh, Tyr is the one that gets his hand bitten off. Um, now I was looking at something down here. This piece right here. Yep, uh, it's a trading card. Uh, that's actually uh, the main character's great-grandfather. Um, he is a character I'd like to make a story about. Um, we'll have to see how much interest is, is after book three. Um, like I said, I want to do like maybe one-shots um, that take place in different time periods. So this is essentially the medieval time period. Well, I would definitely be down to that. I love medieval times. I was just looking at the, you know, the close-up of the, you know, the bust of them. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that would make an awesome 3D sculpt. <laughs> yeah, it would actually, yeah. Um, I, I do have a friend who has a 3D printer. Um, so, yeah, that's something I've considered. I just didn't have time for it for this campaign. But maybe book three, we'll have some 3D miniatures. 
They are very popular now. Yep. Because, well, we all like to play with toys. <laughs> like, where am I going to put this one? I don't know. Well, I got to tell you, the book looks great. Thank you. The campaign's doing well. I like it. I kind of like the idea of basically one village just finding like all this tech and and stealing it. <laughs> and uh, showing a little bit of, you know, a little bit of fight back with the uh, with the evil samurai. Yeah, basically that's what happens? Um, yeah, the rest of the world is very archaic and probably 1600s, 1700s, and then the main region is our period. It's a, it's a very cool premise and a fantastic-looking book. Thank you. And, I mean, it's got a, it's got a great page count because... That's what that's one of the things I look for. And I'm like, I don't mind paying, you know, $25, $30 for a book in graphic novel format that is gonna take me probably a couple days because uh you write like I read. Yeah. Cause I will I'll read like the page and then I'll sit there staring and looking at the art for like, you know, five or 10 minutes and then I'll flip the page. <laughs> yeah. I do like uh, thick meaty trades. Um, I mean, I grew up reading floppies, but when I started reading comics again in my early twenties, I gravitate towards more trade paperbacks. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, you know, they stack up better on the shelf. You don't have to worry about bagging and boarding them. Right. Uh, you get one flat rate instead of, I mean, what's a, what's a, what's a floppy nowadays from, uh, I think it's four ninety nine, five ninety nine. Some of them are like, I think seven ninety nine if you, because they'll, they'll release like a regular one and then they'll release one with the card stock cover. And the card yeah. stock cover is like eight bucks. But yeah. they'll have, you know, somebody in house do cover A, but they'll have like, you know, Art Germ or somebody do the card stock cover. Be like, let's make sure we sell all of these. I'm like, oh. It almost feels like. You're not buying a comic anymore nowadays. You're you're buying the art on the cover only. <laughs> and you know, I won't say they're wrong once you open up the pages. It's usually a high disappointment for modern comics. Yeah, it's uh, pretty surprising. The mainstream has become indies, and the indies have become a bit of a mainstream. So yeah, didn't, didn't see that coming. You know, brings lines like. You know, from Vader on A New Hope. <laughs> when, I, when I quit your company, I was the student and you were the master. Now I am the master <laughs> and you are unemployed. Congratulations. 
So we want to wish you uh, all the luck with this book. And thank you very much for coming on and uh, giving us a little peek into your world. No problem. Thank you for having me. And uh, hopefully this will uh, far exceed numbers for you for, uh, for volume one. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, reading this sometime in the future. You know, by future, I mean November. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thanks very much for coming on. I know you had a probably like a busy work day today. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap this one up for now, and uh, this will be available on podcast wherever you download a podcast, uh, and probably about an hour or so. So uh, I want to thank Kymer very much for coming on. Uh, just let everybody know uh, where they can follow you. Uh, sure, ChimeraComics.com pretty much has everything. Uh, my campaign and my website. Cool, and all your social media links. So uh, we'll look forward to that. Don't forget the uh, the link is not only in the chat, it's also in the show notes, either up above or down below, depending on where you're watching us. If you're listening to us on any podcast platform, if you go back to where you found the show and scroll down, it'll be there. So you can click on the link there as well. Dude, been great meeting you finally. And uh, we wish you all the best and we will talk to you very soon. Thank you.